0: Talk Podcast. I'm Rachel Johnson, the Member Relations Manager here at Cherryland Electric Cooperative. And our uh, core mission here at Cherryland is to provide member-focused, safe, reliable, and affordable electricity. So today we're going to focus specifically on what safe service looks like by talking with Cherryland Safety Director Jeff Puffer. Jeff and I discuss not only how we help keep our crews safe, but also the trainings we do in the public to help make sure that our members and the first responders in the community know how to be safe around electric Electricity. We also touch on a few important safety milestones that our employees have celebrated lately and mostly just talk in general about why safety is such a core part of our mission and what we're doing to help promote that with Cherryland Safety Program. So listen in as Jeff and I talk about safety. Well, thanks for joining us, Jeff. I'm excited to have you here because safety is such an important topic for us.
1: Well, thanks for having me. It's uh, always fun to sit down and have a conversation with you, Rachel, and and talk about safety and what we do here.
0: And Jeff and I are both big podcast fans, so this is also super fun because we can kind of nerd out on being on a podcast together because we're always sharing podcasts with each other that we like, so that'll be fun. So, Jeff, just to kind of kick us off, can you just explain... To our listeners a little bit about what you do here at Cherryland?
1: Sure. I'm the safety director here at Cherryland Electric Co-op, and it, primarily my main focus is safety for our employees. That's, that's where we start every day. We come in and we oversee. We have 57 employees currently, and it, from field to office to linemen to engineers. Uh, Our job is to to make sure that they're doing their job safe. They have the gear, the equipment, the training, and everything from A to Z to to come in and and leave home and and see their families and, and do it safe.
0: Jeff, one of the things I really love about how you talk about our safety program and what we do here is that you don't, it can be tempting to think just specifically about people who are in field jobs or really kind of in safety sensitive jobs, but I love the fact that you think about it as a whole organization. So what there might be people in the office who are doing things that are unsafe. And and the reason I love that is cuz safety is really kind of a core part of our mission for all of our employees, not not just some. It's important to us that all of our employees have a safe work environment. So recently, speaking of our employees, recently we hit a little bit of a milestone. Can you talk about that a little bit?
1: Yes, yeah, so You know, there's a lot of metrics in in the safety world, but I think the biggest one for for us or for myself is how long can we go before there's an incident, and specifically an incident where an employee has to take time off of work. That's a major accident or a major injury that's taken place, and recently we just crossed the two-year threshold of not having anybody lose time, or have to take work off because of an injury that has happened here at work. So that's a big one for us, and and we're pretty excited about that. And we just keep, you know, it's really tough to measure something that never happens, right? Mm -hmm. So when those accidents and those injuries, when they don't take place, it's hard to, you know, put a gold star on that. But that's ultimately uh, the biggest one we can have is is nothing to report, nothing to measure.
0: Yeah, that's kind of interesting. Like in your... In the metrics you're monitoring, nothing is the best case scenario, yeah, right? That's like the home run. N- no right accidents, there. no lost time. And I think it's really important to reiterate, and you, and you said this, we've got all these different metrics we're tracking, but behind all those metrics are thousands and thousands of decisions being made every single day by our employees. I mean, our empl- employees have probably driven mi- millions of miles oh, absolutely, in those yeah. two years. Mm. And for those of you who are paying attention back home, the traffic in Traverse City is not getting better or less dangerous, no, it's and yet not. our employees are moving around our whole system and making smart choices in every single minute. And that's what drives those kinds of
1: results. And those decisions that we're making too, you know, we have OSHA, you have my OSHA, you have, you know, national organizations uh, when it comes to safety, you have all these compliance and things that you're trying to do. But the one thing that I pride ourselves on doing doing here at Cherryland is we listen to the individuals the departments we go and talk to them and say hey what do you need specific to your job what are you seeing on a day-to-day basis maybe you need some new equipment maybe you need some new gear and in that hands-on training so we don't just let outside entities drive our safety program we really pride ourselves in making that a two-way two-way street and listening to departments and, and individual employees come to us so hopefully that's that's part of the 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 Prevention or the proactive, nothing to to measure.
0: Because and and I when you were talking, I was thinking about this, like the success is partially our employees making smart choices, which we're helping them to do by giving training or listening when they say, Here's a situation that I think that you know there's a risk. But the other piece, you, you talked about equipment. I mean, I think that we do a really good job of not just providing good equipment, but also taking care of our equipment. So when you think about again, we'll pick on trucks on the road. Well, yeah, you can make a bunch of smart choices, but if the wheels fly off, you're right. still going to probably be in a lost time accident. And, again, we have mechanics that are every single day making sure that our equipment is safe. Or you, I mean, I'm sure you have 100 different equipment examples. Our People have to inspect their equipment regularly, that kind Correct. of
1: stuff. Correct, yes. Yeah, they spend a lot of time. And in, in when they can come to their supervisor or their manager and say, hey, we would really like this new piece of equipment, and we provide that for them, there's a buy-in automatically right there. So now they they, they wanna take care of that equipment, they wanna make sure that they're doing the safety checks on that, and they're reporting anything that, that could be a safety hazard because it's a mutual agreement. You know, mm-hmm. we, we, we came together, so there is buy-in, and that, that's a big piece of safety as well is if, if if you buy into what we're doing and it's just not a top-down, mm-hmm. push-it-down-your-throat-type your, your relationship, That that's the key, right? Yeah.
0: Well, and what you're describing is a culture right? Like a exactly. culture where employees are empowered to ask for what they need to identify issues. Um, but I th- And I think it, that is worth noting because a lot, it, one of the things I, I mean, you can probably speak to this more than I can, but I think sometimes safety programs can struggle to get that right balance where people have the, um, the, the ability to say, hey, this happened, or here was this kind of example of a near miss that could have been an accident and learn from it without necessarily having to fear that there will be penalties or punishments because of it.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's something that I think we should that you and all of our employees at Cherryland should be really proud of. So I I think the the takeaway here for our listeners is just to reiterate that at Cherryland safety is a really high priority. We're talking about it all the time. It's top of mind all the time. And you know, I think I think Jeff. I speak. I don't want to speak for you, but I think I speak for all of us when I say like it is important to me every night that our employees are going home to their families. Right? We yeah. we get together. We meet their families. We care about that. So. And,
1: and just one more thing to add on that. You know, Tony, our our general manager, he's all in on safety too. Mm-hmm. And I, I firmly believe in any organization, you have to spend money where it counts and where it makes a difference. And Tony has allowed us to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't waste money here at cheerleading, but we definitely spend the money where it makes a difference. In any successful organization, you're going to see that trend. You want to be successful in a certain area, you have to put the money and invest that that money and the time. And Tony has given that to us.
0: You have to put resources into the things that matter. Absolutely agree with that. So I want to shift just a little because one of the things I think might be interesting for our listeners is the work we do to educate the public about how to be safe around electricity. And that's something we do free. It's just a service to our community because we do know because we think it's important again Mm because safety is a priority but also because we want to make sure that um, the members of our community know how to be safe around electricity so can you just maybe and and I'll I'll just say we have kind of two different audiences we like to get in front of when it comes to our safety messaging and and maybe you can start by talking about the training we do for first responders in the community.
1: Yeah first responders is is a very big obviously when it comes to electrical safety it's a very big concern for us we want to make sure we're doing our part to get them educated because, obviously, they're the first ones on scene when it comes to a carpool accident. You have down lines. Sometimes when we have storms... These first responders are uh, first ones on down lines and setting up perimeter barricades. So what we do is we reach out to local fire departments and EMS and we offer a what we call a hotline demonstration. It's a trailer that has a bunch of equipment poles and, and wires and, and equipment of that we can energize and we go through different scenarios with them. And we also talk about, you know, what to do when you have a energized line on a vehicle with somebody trapped inside? Or what do you do when you have a uh, excavator who has dug into some of our underground lines? And we work through these scenarios, and we have some stuff that we, we, we found is, is pretty common that they see and we try to get around as much as we can to, to these um, you know, fire departments. And, and, and then also what we do is we ask them, what are you guys seeing? Mm-hmm. And we try to tailor our content to what they're seeing, because trends change. You know, what they were seeing five years ago may not be exactly what they're seeing today. And um, that, it's really just, you know, what can we do for you, and what are you seeing? And, and then we go from there and, and, mm-hmm. and get them the, the training and education that, that they can take and apply.
0: And, and how do you think you guys maybe sit, maybe in front of 10, 10 or so fire departments a year? Does that sound about right?
1: Yes, at, at, you know, once COVID has kind of died down, uh, I believe we've done six so far this year, oh. and we're halfway through halfway. the year, so we're close to that quarter. I nailed it. Yeah,
0: yeah no. but it's it, what it. What, and and to your point, what's what's really cool is we already have this really strong um, relationship to our first responders because a lot of times they're they're on scene at something we're on our way to, right? Mm-hmm. They get called on a carpool accident or an amazing major storm event, a lot of times they'll sit and monitor electric lines on the ground until we can get there. And so it's clearly really important to maintain those relationships and... It's not we want to go home safe, but we want them to go home safe at the end of the day, too.
1: Yeah, and also it's an opportunity for Cherryland to get out there and talk to them and say, okay, when we re- we arrive on a house fire or a structure fire, what can we do? What can you get some information I can take back to our first responders, our mm-hmm. linemen, and, and give to them so they can be safe on your scene? How do you want mm-hmm. them to stage their vehicles? And, and just, you know, it's a two-way street. Once again, that's kind of how we do things here. It's not just us feeding information. We're trying to get out there and, and see what we can can do better on our end.
0: Yeah, I, it's such, Like I said, it's something I think probably most of our listeners and most members of the public don't even realize that we do, but it's such an important piece of our safety program that helps improve the ability for all of us to collectively to respond to emergencies in our community. Yeah,
1: and it, it also has a ripple effect too, because a lot of our departments or fire departments around here, they're volunteer. Mm-hmm. So they have other jobs. So they may take what they learned from that demonstration or that training and, and take it to their job or to their family. So that's the intent there too is we want that ripple effect and and continue to pass the word on things that can keep people safe in in emergency situations or even just general day-to-day things like working on your house.
0: Yeah. And speaking of ripple effects, we've started to get requests to do these kinds of trainings for other entities that maybe we hadn't historically thought of. Uh, Like fire departments come to top of mind, but we just did one for a landscaping company. I know we've done one for Elmer's in the past. Mm -hmm. As we have more and more infrastructure underground, the people who might Interface with it on a regular basis right. are, ch- are changing. So tell us a, tell us a little bit about about that.
1: So w- once again, we try to tailor our content towards what they're going to use. We you know we try to keep it around an hour. So I don't want to talk about house fires and carpool accidents to a landscaping company. <laughs> so what we do is we take a look at what are you guys doing on a day to day. Well, obviously they are doing a lot of underground digging, uh, installing things around um, energ- uh, energized equipment like our transformers and poles. So we go in to the weeds on what they're seeing and how to handle. Now, you have a normal situation where you go on a job and everything looks fine, and then you back a vehicle into one of our poles and you see something break. What do you do now? There's two different situations. And and we try to train them and work them through that. What to do.
0: And I, and I feel like I w- we would be remiss if we didn't stop here and point out if you are ever doing anything involving landscaping or digging in the ground, you should call MISTIG. Absolutely. 811 for Mystics. And basically what they'll do is they'll let anyone who has infrastructure in your area know, and they'll all come out and flag it so that then you can safely dig or the contractor you've hired can safely dig. And again, that would be something we're making sure landscapers even know about that. So if they show up on a site where they know they're going to doing work underground and it hasn't no one has done that yet. Mm-hmm. They know they can say, we can't safely do this work yet. We need to go ahead and call in a, a mystic. So excellent. Uh, so we, we, like we said, audience is uh, first responders, community groups that we think could really um, come into contact with our system. And then the other audience we love to get in front of, and they're awesome and so fun, is kids. So can you talk a little bit about the programs that we do in schools?
1: Yeah, the, the sky is the limit with, with working with kids. You know, we've worked anywhere from Preschool age all the way up to seniors in high school and and people that are attend or kids that are attending CTC, and once again we'll tailor our content and our presentation towards you know what uh, what the audience needs and what they're you know what they're going to hear and, and try to give them a couple of takeaways. So we've attended career days mm-hmm. uh, in Kingsley and here in Traverse City, and sometimes it's more about what's it like to work at Cherryland, but we also try to you know kind of layer in some safety to anything that we do because if they're not going to come and be a lineman, at least a the takeaway, they're going to go home with some sort of safety mm-hmm. component, component uh, from that conversation or that presentation. But yeah, you know, we've we've talked to, you know, from from preschool all the way up and there's, I can't think of a, a phone call that we've said, no, we won't come and, and, and give you a presentation and it always seems to be uh, fairly well received and we get good feedback based on, you know, how we're delivering that information.
0: And when you do the school programs, you you have kind of like a tabletop... Little electric system. Sorry, you can probably yes. describe it better than I can. But a, a, dem, a demonstration system that you use for those.
1: Yes. Yep. We have a what we call a tabletop demonstration, and it has kind of a, a, a small scale uh, with a house and power lines and a substation. And we can actually even energize that, and we can make some arcs and sparks with some scenarios on on, on what you know what we're trying to talk about. That's always a good a good show and tell. And then we'll bring linemen in. You know, we'll bring uh, a couple of linemen in. And we'll show them the gear that they wear, and we'll talk about the training and talk about all of the safety... Things that they have to go through to do their job, and we'll always kind of layer yeah. some some safety into so that. So all, all yeah. kinds
0: of co-op careers and safety. And after the um, safety demos with the schools, it's always really fun because the kids always send us these thank you notes that are so hilarious. I still have mm-hmm. one in my office from the first kids demo I ever went on, like a decade ago. For those who are keeping track at home, but anyway, it's they like drew a, a picture of that tabletop with the like the little people that are that are in it being electrocuted, <laughs> and basically we were like, "Thank you for." coming to our school and electrocuting little people. And I was like, okay, I don't know that you actually got the right takeaway. (laughs) But kids absolutely love it because it is so interactive. And you're right, we have the ability to bring in lots of different pieces, careers, safety, and also science. How electricity works, how the system is built, how electricity moves through the system. So it's just a really, really good module. And and kudos to you and your team for all that you've done to develop it. So if anybody is interested in those trainings, there's information on our website. The primary contact for that is Megan Gerard. But just go to our website and you will find uh, options to have us come in and do a safety training for you. So we've talked about the types of training we do. I want to kind of shift now to talk about for our audience, like what are kind of the top things you want them to know about staying safe around power lines? If we were sitting at our annual meeting now, a multi-generational audience of the public, what would be the top couple things you would want to talk to them about in terms of being safe?
1: Two takeaways that I would like for our listeners to know. You know, when things are normal, you are... Let's just give you an example here. You're going to get on your roof, okay? And you're going to go up there and you're going to do some gutter cleaning. OSHA says, stay 10 feet away from all power lines. Okay, overhead power lines. So when you're climbing that ladder, are you 10 feet away? If you have a, a tool in your hand, it means the tool is 10 feet away, not just your arm from whatever is in your hand extended out. That's very important because you know those electrical lines. Um, we that 10 foot rule has been made for a reason, and that's because somebody got hurt. Mm-hmm. They were within 10 feet. So that's takeaway number one: stay 10 feet away from those when you're on your roof. The second one be. When things are not normal, when storms hit, when things are broke, a broken pole, a wire down, 25 feet away. Stay 25 feet away. That's two car lengths, approximately. Mm -hmm. Let that be the closest. And we could get into the weeds on step potential and touch potential, (laughs) which I'm not going to do. But those are the two major things. When things are normal, overhead, stay 10 feet away. And when things are not normal stay 25 feet away.
0: So two pieces I've seen on both those that I think are worth unpacking the when things are normal scenario and stay 10 feet away, I'm amazed at the number of people who assume the entire system is insulated. And I get that all the time when, when I'm out. Well, but it's fine because those are insulated. Right. And I'm like, mm, mm, no, no, not not really. Right. So
1: Absolutely. I, I
0: think that is a is a really important thing for people to understand. You, you, you do not make assumptions about the Insulation on whether or not the part of the system you're on is insulated is, a, is a better way of saying Correct. that.
1: Correct. And, and to that point, nothing we treat. There's nothing insulated. Mm-hmm. For our line to actually go and work on that, they have to do a series of steps in, in, to go and de-energize and test and ground, and they still wear their protective equipment when they're handling that. So there's no scenario where I'd ever tell somebody, yeah, you can go ahead and touch that. It's insulated. That's not true, and, and that is definitely a myth.
0: There you go. And we busted it right here on Co-op Energy Talk. Let it be noted. Uh, so the other interesting thing, I, and I have actually seen, seen this and had to have conversations with members about it you talk about the storm scenario and the 25 feet away. Generally, people get that right when the storm hits. Where we start to see people making unsafe choices is when it's a storm where it's taking us a while to get to them. Mm-hmm people start to eventually assume, well, that's not electrified. So now I can drive over it. Now I can walk. I mean, I, I, I was literally on a storm. I was out on the east side of Traverse City, and there were people standing on top of an electric line. Now, it had been down for a day. And I said, don't do that. And they said, but it's down. So can you talk through why we tell people, even if it was not electrified even if they have reason to believe it's not electrified right now, why do we still tell them to stay 25 feet away?
1: Correct. So here's where the, the problem with that whole um, assumption. When an electric line falls down, if our system is operating properly, there's protective devices that will operate, open up and de-energize that line. So if somebody was to step on that, it would be dead and it would not be energized. In theory, in design, that's how it should operate. But here's where that theory falls apart, generators. Mm -hmm. Everybody today has a generator, and if that generator is just plugged into an outlet and it has not been fed or wired improperly through a transfer switch, what that can do is the, the power that that generator is making goes into the house, and it goes through the transformer, and transformers work both ways. They reduce the voltage, but when they when you have a small generator feeding a transformer, it steps it up. Mm-hmm. And now you have 7,000 volts because on that line that you're standing on because somebody just turned that on. Yep. So it's called back feed. It's feed. Um, it's a very, very big concern with our linemen. Mm-hmm. Once again, we'll de-energize and ground, but we still wear protection of equipment when we were handling downlines. So, yeah, definitely, that needs. It's not normal. Stay 25 feet away and keep it simple.
0: Yep, yeah, and it, and it's like I said, it's just something I we see it so consistently. And I understand people's brains are telling them, well, this thing. It's not getting electricity from the power company. I know that now. But to your point, we don't have control over what everyone is doing in their homes. So perhaps the next time one of our listeners is in that scenario, they should should decide how much they trust their neighbors (laughs) and their neighbor's electricians.
1: (laughs) You know, and just to add on to that one more and more. One more thing, communication lines, so your cable, your coax cable, that could be in a storm scenario, that could be down, the power lines look fine, but around the corner, a mile down the road, that same communication cable could be wrapped around an energized power line. Mm-hmm. You just don't know. So it, treat every line. Don't try to distinguish between cable and Cherrylands lines and charters lines. Don't just stay away from it. It's, it's not normal. Mm-hmm. Stay 25 feet away. Call somebody. You know, call us and we'll get to, the, if it's charter, we'll, we'll call charter for you. We just need to make sure that somebody gets there and makes that safe.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because again, the number one goal for us, we, we recognize the dangers that come with working and and existing around electricity. And we just want to make sure that everyone, our employees, our members, our fellow first responders are equipped to make smart choices because one, one wrong choice in one moment can change a, a life or a family forever, and yeah. and we want to make sure that that people are thinking about that when it comes to interacting with our system. Yeah, that's
1: very well said. You know, just electricity does you can't see it, hear it, smell it. We've heard those media plugs out there, so that's true. And keep that—you know—you don't you don't get a second chance when you're making a bad decision. Yep. So,
0: make smart choices. Keep, keep. And, uh, and I'll just reiterate this as we kind of are, are wrapping up here, but we are. This is our priority. So if there is something that you are seeing on our system or if you are in any doubt at all, give us a call and we will get someone over there to your home or business who has the expertise to make it safe and to help um, help work through whatever that hazard is. Is there anything else that you want to leave our listeners with today?
1: Just, just to kind of reiterate what you said, we love getting out in the community. We love speaking with with anybody that wants to listen. Quite honestly, <laughs> and at a higher level, we have so many smart people. You know, I'm not just talking in the state, in the country that that are are the best at their job. So, whatever it is when it comes to your service from Cherryland, give us a call. We can get an answer for that. If it's safety, if it's design, if it's engineering, we can. And we're a phone call. We're not. We don't. It don't take you two. Hours to get a hold of somebody. We, we are very good and we pride ourselves on getting back to everybody and, and getting those answers. And once again, give us a call if you want us to come out and do a safety demo.
0: Yeah, that's and that's a perfect takeaway. And I'll just reiterate when you said earlier, we have 57 employees. Every single one of them lives in this community. We're your friends and neighbors, and we just want to take care of our community and keep it safe. So thank you so much, Jeff, for taking the time to sit down with us today and talk through not just our safety program, but also how we can use it to benefit the community.
1: Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it.